Blog Talk Radio. And now on Blog Talk Radio, you're listening to Wine Talk with Stu the Wine Guru. Welcome to Wine Talk for today, Wednesday, August 18th, 2010. It's 7 p.m. Eastern, and I'm your host, Stu the Wine Guru, coming to you live from beautiful Coral Springs, Florida, as I always do. As you know, I'll take your calls anytime during the show at 1-646-381-4860 or email me your questions at info at stewthewineguru.com. You can also go into my chat room here on the show page and chat with other wine enthusiasts or ask me or my guest any questions you like. Now, I've also added a new uh, ability here. You can tweet your questions to me by going on Twitter and addressing your questions to at Stu the Wine Guru and put hashtag or number sign STWG at the end of your question. And I'll ask them live on the show. I want to say thanks to all the listeners out there for getting the word out about my show. Welcome to all of you listening worldwide. I call that the power of the people meets the power of the Internet. Now, if you want to know more about me, just Google Stu the Wine Guru. You can find the websites, videos, articles, and shows I'm currently a part of. Speaking of articles and reviews, I'm writing wine articles and reviews for Yahoo and The Examiner, so look for those as well. I've also made a Wine 101 video series that can be viewed on both YouTube or my website, so check those out. You're listening to Student Wine Guru on blogtalkradio.com. I think you already knew that already, right? Yeah. Cheers! Tonight will be a hybrid of my show. Normally, when I have a guest on, I dedicate the full hour to them. My guest tonight is actually working at one of her restaurants and has been gracious enough to give us some time here. I'm not exactly sure how long we will have, so we will speak with her. And when she has to go, we will then go back to my original format with industry updates and wine recommendations and restaurant picks, as well as wine festivals, time permitting. A bit about my guest tonight. She is the author of the book Cuisine a Latina, a James Beard chef. She has some of the hottest restaurants here in Miami. She also has great aptitude in hosting television shows, and she is the host of the popular PBS TV show called Check, Please, South Florida. The names of those great restaurants, S.R.A. Martinez, Michie's, and Michelle Bernstein's at the Amphoy. Her name, of course, 
is Michelle Bernstein, and she will be on shortly. Of course, the number to call in is 1-646-381-4860, or if you're shy and prefer the computer, email me your questions for both Michelle and I at info at stewthewineguru.com, or of course, on Twitter, tweet them to at stewthewineguru and put a hashtag or number sign STWG at the end of your tweet, and I will ask them live for Michelle. As always, I've opened a chat room for the listeners to go into and chat. You can also ask questions of Michelle and myself, and I will check into the chat room live periodically during the show to get answers for you. Let me make sure that everyone listening knows Michelle's website and can go there for more information about this great chef, author, TV host, and restaurateur. To learn more about Michelle, go to www.chefmichellebernstein.com and find out where her restaurants are and all about the Check, Please! South Florida show. You can also go to www.checkpleasefl.com to learn more about the Check, Please! South Florida show. And that's the beauty of the Internet. In a world where there are many wine experts and know-it-alls, there's only one Stu the Wine Guru. And he'll be right back. So without further wait, let's bring on my guest for the night, Executive Chef Michelle Bernstein. Hello Michelle? there. I'm Michelle? I'm here. Michelle, you there? Ah, uh, welcome. <laughs> Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you so much. Oh, it's my pleasure. First, again, I want to start by thanking you for being on my show and discussing all the great stuff you're involved with. It's an honor to have you here tonight. Thank you. And if you hear a little bit in the background, I'm really sorry. I'm actually at work. We have all-you-can-eat fried chicken tonight. It's crazy. Hey, everybody in the Miami area, get down there. <laughs> Wait, which restaurant are you at? Tonight, I'm at Mishi's. Tomorrow, I'll be at okay, Senora Martinez, but tonight, I'm at Mishi's. Okay, so she's at Mishi's. All right, I want it. So I have many questions for you. I know I have limited time, so I'll get right to it. So you're from Miami. You grew up here. Who were your influences growing up in the kitchen? Uh, well, literally at, at birth, my greatest one was my mother. Um, she's a, an Argentine Jewish woman that can cook like a dream, literally like a dream. And so she was the first person that, you know, obviously turned me and my father and my whole family. My father's a total, like, Minnesotan beef and potatoes type of guy. And he turned <laughs> us, she, she turned us all around. And... Um, and so it was always about good food, the best food we could ever get, whether it was eating at home, traveling, you know, going out to dinners. It was always the best we could ever get. You should have seen the oh, packed sure. lunches that she gave me going to high school. It was insane. <laughs> I bet you would be envy of the school. Oh, yeah, yeah. Fourth <laughs> grade, stuffed Cornish hens with, um, uh, I'll never forget, she did like a three-bean soup, but all fresh. With uh, it was like a type of a minestrone, and then these Cornish hens stuffed with wild rice, and dessert to boot. I mean, all this was in my you know lunchbox. I think it was uh, an Alice in Wonderland lunchbox. <laughs> uh, Michelle, I'm I'm envisioning right now for my listeners a smaller version, much younger version of you, uh, in at a school luncheon table, and everyone looking over and trying to trade you for what they have. A little bit of that and a little bit of what is that exactly and why do you have that in your lunchbox and where's your sandwich type idea. You know, and if it was a sandwich, forget it. She roasted the roast beef the night before 
or she made a milanesa, which is breaded veal. You know, sure. it, it, was, it wasn't your typical lunch food. No, but but but, but it made for great it makes for great stories to tell. No, I'll say, and I'll never forget them. So so now, okay, as I mentioned before, you're growing up in Miami. So you've seen the change on the restaurant landscape here in South Florida. And for all of you, I mean, I have people calling from around the world, listening from around the world. If you haven't been to Miami, uh, it has changed over the past, I'm going to say, what, 25 years, 30 years, in the sense that I'm, it's I'm, really I'm thinking land. five. <laughs> okay. I'm thinking five. I, I, was, I was going a little bit further out there. But, okay, so the past five years, true, absolutely. Why don't you, uh, you know, Tell me, what made you choose the concepts for your restaurants here in Miami, the ones you chose? You know, it's funny. Um, just when I started cooking about 11, oh, my God, how many, how many years ago? Oh, my God, 20 years ago. That's ridiculous. 20 years ago when I started cooking, you know, there were five really good restaurants in Miami. And I'd always loved it, and I always wanted to be part of the food scene in some, you know, way, shape, or form, whether it was writing about it or cooking it or eating it. And then, you know, five years ago, um, we had this huge boom of, you know, chefs from all over the world, pretty much, coming here to open up restaurants. Some succeeded, some haven't. Those that have, have phenomenal restaurants here. So when it came to opening our own restaurant, my husband and I, who I, I met 10 years ago at the Mandarin Oriental when I was a chef there, we wanted to do something for the neighborhood, for the you know, just regular people in Miami that didn't have to dress up, that could come to a restaurant that the menu changed almost every week and have something approachable yet with the best damn ingredients we could find. And that's when we opened Nishi's. And it truly is a little fun neighborhood restaurant in a strip mall. A year or two later, we started thinking, okay, we want more. You know, Nishi's was doing really well. Um, I have a chef here that's been with me since Mandarin for 10 years almost, and, you know, he is a great chef amongst, you know, his own, and, and he does a beautiful job here at Nishi's. So it was time, because I had people that needed to move up, to think about another concept. So a few years later, my husband and I started going to Spain. We just became Spain freaks and fell in love with the idea of tapas. And we're both Latin. Um, I'm not a Spanish chef by any means. Um, I love their cuisine. And I thought maybe I could combine Latin and Spanish to do a tapas restaurant, which is the way that we love to eat. We love to graze. You know, we love to pick. And yes. so we opened Senora Martinez. Senora Martinez is Mrs. Martinez, which is my husband's last name, and it's for me, Mrs. Martinez. Um, I wanted to introduce the world to my husband's last name because, poor thing, for the last 10 years they call him David Bernstein, which happens to be my dad's name. And so... David has always been known as Mr. Bernstein to a lot of people because in the chef and restaurant community, I had the name as a chef. You know, chefs always get the glory and the poor managers, you know, and business people are kind of way behind. And so I wanted everyone to know who he was because he really developed these concepts. He was the master behind this stuff. Um, I gave him, you know, my, my passion for the way we eat, and he gave me these right. beautiful concepts. So it was great, and so we started doing tapas, and that's been going pretty well so far. And um, then finally, last year, we decided I, I love fish and seafood. It was always my specialty after working in Marseille. So I decided to open a fancy fish restaurant with a girl that was my chef in Mexico years ago, and I brought her back from um, 
she was back home in South Carolina, I brought her back here to Miami and had her open yep. that restaurant. So I've got these three great chefs who are really young, 10 years younger than me at least, running the shows. You know, and I go in every night and I make sure, you know, I'm happy with the food and we discuss everything and I give them ideas to put on their menus constantly. And I'm always there, but at the same time, sure. I'm developing such a wonderful staff. That's the nature of the business, I guess, having to be there all the time and, you know, kind of bounce from so. point A to point B to point C. And, and by the way, I, I called it SRA Martinez for a reason because a lot of people, I think, around the world – may not know that SRA is short for Senora. So I just oh, wanted to let you no know idea. that that was... You have no idea. <laughs> so many. Thank you for that. Yeah, no, it is SRA, short for Senora. And when you look it up, you have to look for the SRA, not the whole word written out. Right, right. I just, I just wanted to clarify that. So it, it wasn't a mistake or when weights do, it's called you know, Senora, you know. Um, well, kind of like Mrs. is MRS. You would never spell the whole, true. you know, Mrs. That's true. out. Right. So, I, so let my listeners know what type of dishes you create at your restaurants and, and how each differs from each other. You know, oh, the dishes okay. So, so I'm at Mishi's right now, so I'll start there. Uh, let's see. Anything from tonight, I have all-you-can-eat fried chicken. There is literally a line um, of people standing there <laughs> watching me, and they're wondering okay. why I'm on the phone and not, not cooking fried chicken right now. And uh, it's a choice between Korean or American, the Korean makes me just fall over with delight. Um, it is the most delicious batter tossed in soy and ginger and chilies and yummy, really yummy. You'll have anything from there to maybe a piece of foie gras with uh, waffle and cherries and maple syrup with savory bacon pieces in it. You might have some a beautiful piece of corvina that's braised with picheline olives and roast tomatoes, a lot of fresh herbs, some white wine, and um, a fish nage that takes me two days to make with all the bones of the fish. Then for beef, tonight yes. we have beautiful uh, steak that's an, a flat iron steak with a, a demi-glace with um, fresh plums in it, and then a potato gratin and creamy kale. So right. Now, you know, it's funny. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take my my uh, my cell phone and the show, and I'm going to like start my way down to Mishi's right now because that sounded incredible. Man, I don't know why you're here. Why you're not here anyway? You should do the show <laughs> sitting at a dinner table with me in front of you, and I'll just feed you, and you can just talk and eat at the same time. <laughs> might be rude, but what do we? Well, I have to say, I I, 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 at some point in time, I'm going to have you on again, and I'm going to do it exactly like that, exactly the I way you just hilarious. said that. That to me would be incredible. <laughs> Absolutely I don't think incredible. it's ever been done before. Uh, I think it's awesome. No, I don't. I don't think so. I think you're absolutely right. Um, okay, so on to the, the next question I actually had was, you know, you're an author. You wrote a great yep. book, Cuisine Latina. Uh, tell us about the motivation behind that book. Oh man, that motivation changed a few times. It <laughs> came down to just a bunch of recipes that were first. You know, it was hard for me to come. You know, to write recipes that's for the everyday cook. Um, everything that I had to put in that book has to be able to be found at any grocery store around the country. So we went from literally maybe 500 recipes down to like 100 that we tested for the book just to make sure that everybody could find every ingredient. And so we went from there to what recipes 
really made up who I am, and that's a really hard thing to do. So I let the publishing house kind of help me with that sort of thing because I don't know who I am, to be honest with you. I'm such a mishmash of, of so many different flavors and cultures that I needed someone to kind of shape that for me, which they did. Okay. Um, you've got everything from street food that I love that I've learned when I went to my husband's um, native Mexico to Argentine recipes that I learned from my mom and literally, you know, straight from my mother's hand that I had to stand there writing every little thing and make sure she wasn't hiding ingredients behind her back, which she does sometimes. <laughs> and test them over and over and over. Yeah, you have no idea. And then, obviously, some that I've developed, a lot that I've developed in restaurants throughout the years. And it finally just came together in sort of a book of my life and recipes, almost. I mean, it's funny, though, because when I look back at that book, I think I only use about three recipes from there because I change my repertoire so often, which I love to do. Sure. Unless, of course, someone asks me for a throwback, which I don't mind doing. Well, I'm going to tell everyone to go on to Amazon.com and uh, order that book. Is that one place? Is there another place that you suggest that they can get it in addition to maybe Barnes & Noble and Borders would have it? Everybody's got it, yeah. I mean, the best place Excellent. is always online. You can probably even get it as, on a special <laughs> online. It's called <laughs> Cuisine a Latina. Cuisine because right. um, I studied in Europe for so long, and I consider myself partly you know, Eastern European. And then Latina because yes. I always consider at least half of me Latina. You're most definitely a Latina. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Sometimes people I, look at me in the face and never you. believe it. I, I, no, I was going to say to you that uh, you don't know it at the moment, but on my show page, everyone has all the information about the book from Amazon, and uh, you know, so all the information that they need in order to order the book online. So I just want to let you know I I took care awesome. of taking you. Know, Thank you. That's yeah, absolutely. So that'd be good. So the other thing was um, I being Stu the wine guru, I I would be remiss in not talking to you a little bit about wine. I looked at the wine list for each of the restaurants. I think you have great selections, by the way. Um, so I have nothing to do with it. Who is responsible for it? Uh, 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 that was the next question. So who's responsible for it? And it started with my, my husband. Sorry, okay. then, then David, kudos to you. Um, and then tell my listeners, I guess I, you can't really tell me why David chose the wines that he chose, but um, I can, I, I mean, I just may go out on a limb here and say, I, judging by the food that I've seen, uh, your choices, one, pair really, really well. But on top yeah. of that, the wines that you've chosen, some of them are fantastic in the sense that they're great by themselves and hard to find. You don't find them on wine lists everywhere. So I have to say, uh, you know, David's got a really good eye for uh, wine choice. Well, it started for the David. He, he started with really, you know, he has so much knowledge, it's, it's crazy. Um, but it, the job became bigger than just him, especially when, you know, we have other businesses, and he really controls all of our businesses. So he taught this young woman named Allegra, who at the beginning was only about 24, 25 years old. Allegra, a sponge, like I've never seen a sponge, soaked up all this knowledge. She's on her way to getting her master's, um, you know, master sommelier. And she now is the psalm, yet chooses, of course, making sure, you know, David's good with it. Um, so with wine list for all of the restaurants. And you're right. We have gone out of our way to make sure you can't walk down the street to the supermarket or to the gas station and find this wine. 
you know, this Absolutely is specially not. chosen for, and the cuisine's not easy to pair. I know that. I know that anything I come up with, it's got a lot of different flavors, a lot of different fusions, and on particularly my menus, there's so many different flavors. So these wines, I'd say 95% of them, you could literally drink. They're standalone wines. You can drink them by oh, their yeah. own. And then some, of course, she falls in love with certain dishes and decides on what to order as far as wines for those dishes. Wonderful job. Just want to say that. So, um, add and that I in. think it's somewhat affordable, too. Yes, yes, yes. So now, of course, I have to ask the question. Tell us about Check, Please, South Florida and oh, how you got chosen <laughs> to be the host of Check, Please, South Florida. And let me let my listeners know that Check, Please is a concept show that is in other states as well. In fact, uh, San Francisco has a Check, Please. I believe and there's a couple other states and places and cities that have it as well. But more importantly, since I'm a South Floridian and live here, uh, how did you get chosen to be the host? Well, there was an audition. I didn't know what it was okay. for, but I figured, why not? I, can't, I don't even remember who called me for it. And there was a whole group of mainly men auditioning, especially chefs. All the chefs were men auditioning for the show. And I had some prior you know, TV background. I've done Food Network and stuff like that. But when I walked into this big um, room filled with these, you know, Burly male chefs. I was like, oh, that's so that's what they're looking for. I don't even know why I bothered, but you know what? I love to read, so I'll sit and read. So we all read, and um, one by one, and I eventually got the call, and uh, I was really surprised and elated that they chose me because it it actually comes from Chicago, and in Chicago, it is the craziest thing. I mean, everybody knows about Check Please. It is huge in Chicago. And so to be part of something that's Emmy-nominated, Emmy-winning, um, I yeah. believe, in San Francisco, and something that brings the community together and gets people out to dinner more, that face sure it, you know, works for me as well, is just awesome. <laughs> Self-serving. And every week I get to meet three new people that I normally never could have as much as I work. Right. And and it's PBS, yeah. so it's it's kind of a nice thing. And too. I love uh, well, yeah. I mean, it gives it instantly. If something's on PBS, you know, it just it makes it stronger. It tells you that they know what they're doing, and uh, already you know that. Well, yeah, of course, it's huge credibility. So, should I tell everyone what it's about? Please do. Okay, so every week we bring on three different guests. Each one talks about their favorite restaurant, and then the other two people have to go and check out their favorite restaurant. And then we all review, well, I don't, but they review all of the restaurants. So we cho- there's three chosen restaurants for that evening. And, um, you know, good, bad, and ugly. We talk about all of it. And I always hope that they're going to love them all because, you know, I just, I just want restaurants to stay alive, especially in this economy. Sure. And, sure. uh we talk about the food, we talk about the wine, we talk about the design, we talk about affordability, approachability, and it's pretty cool because some of these restaurants that maybe haven't done as well because maybe there were little hidden gems are now jam-packed thanks to the show. Yes, and, and also add in the fact that you get to show the viewers a little bit about cooking and making something as well, <laughs> which is nice. That's right. And I get to eat at all these restaurants I've never eaten at. 
Right. Absolutely. For me, so that's great. So, uh, and then the other thing, good thing is, is that we have a caller that's calling in here. So let me take this call for you, if you don't mind. Uh, someone that has a question for you. Hold on one second. Hi, caller. What is your name? Where are you calling from? Hello, this is Ada from Italy. Ada from Italy. Hi, Ada. Ciao. Yes. Ciao. How are uh, you? Good, good. It, you sound a little muffled, but we can hear you nevertheless. So what question do you have for Michelle tonight? Oh, yes. Hi, Michelle. I don't know if you hear me well. By the way, I was just wondering um, what is um, Michelle's uh, um, opinion about the molecular cooking and the trauma. What type of cooking? Oh, it's molecular. It's so muffled for me. Are you getting her? I'm not. I'm not sure what she's. Yeah. Getting. So, so the, the question again okay, was I the question that. again was about. You are you going to call back? Okay, that's fine. Yeah, I think we, she, she was calling Italy, yeah. and it sounded a little muffled. I think it had something to do about Latin, your Latin cooking, and, and the choices, something oh. about the the choices of the dishes. But she's going to call back anyway. And we'll take okay. her again. Not a problem. Well, you're right. So, so your callers listen from everywhere. My goodness gracious. Oh yes, yes. You will, I, I tell you. Um, in fact, while that's happening, while she's going to call back, I'm going to give you some email questions. I got flooded with email questions here for you. So if you're ready, I'm going to I'm going to grab a couple here for you. So the first one Shoot. is from. Uh, Manuel 49 from San Juan, Puerto Rico, and it mm-hmm. says, Stu, great show. I found your show recently and have recommended it to all my friends here in PR. Michelle, would you consider opening restaurants in other countries? Thanks, and I'll keep listening. So Manuel wants to know the, the you know if you open up something in another country. Manuel, I have. I actually opened in Cancun, Mexico. I had it open for four, four years. And uh, because of the economy in Mexico, because it's just a tragedy what's been happening there, I'm afraid we had to close this last year. So, yes, when, you know, something arises that I know I can get great product and, you know, I have one of my students, which I call my students, one of my cooks or chefs that want to go and experience something new, absolutely, if something comes around. But as long as the product is good and I know that we can control it well and only that. Excellent. Excellent. So I want to I want to thank Manuel Forty Nine from San Juan, Puerto Rico, for sending in his email question. Again, we're going to try. I believe Ada from Italy. Hold on one second. Okay. Ada, you there? Oh yes, too. Can you hear me? I can. Um, Michelle, can you okay. hear her? Hi, Michelle. Yes. Hi, Hello, Ada. Michelle. Hello. Sorry about before. Probably the line connection from Italy. Well, actually, uh, I was just wondering what do you think about the molecular gastronomy? The molecular oh, molecular cooking. gastronomy. Yes. Oh, wow. I think it's amazing. I think what it has done for all of us, and it's opened our eyes, you know, to really see how important science and chemistry is to cooking. I think it's wonderful. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's food that is craved. You know, I don't think people yes. crave that sort of cuisine. But I think mm-hmm. what Ferran Adria and so many other amazing chefs that I could sit here listing for probably an hour, have recreated food and concepts of how to cook for so many of us. And it really makes me feel kind of retarded when I think about it because there's so many things I don't know, but it makes it a great possibility of all the things I can learn 
I guess, uh, uh-huh. in my future. Yeah, so I and love it. About, it's wonderful. Yeah, great. Um, what about uh, instead your uh, um, chemistry with food when you cook? Well, I, I do believe there's a lot of chemistry with cooking. And a lot of us, you know, we use uh, sous vide methods, um, which is to seal in plastic bags, marinated with wonderful herbs or oils, what have you, and submerge them in an immersion circulator, which cooks things at very low temperatures not to break down mm-hmm. proteins, let's say at about 110, 115 degrees for hours, which you can imagine what a piece of fish or a short rib feels after, you know, 10 to 12 mm-hmm. to 15 hours of cooking like that. It's just, it's <laughs> a dream. So, you know, we do use little bits of it here and there, and I intend mm-hmm. to use more, but only to possibly um, heighten the food I already do. I would never sure. switch over and become just a molecular chef because it's it's sure. not my thing. You know, I love it, but I love it just to make my food even better. Yes, it's just one side. And, uh, exactly. But I see, I'm sure, actually, that the most important thing is your feeling about food and, the, like, uh, personal chemistry you are able to put in your, um, in your dishes, actually. That's it's, everything. Uh, That's right. Yeah, That's yeah, right. And I'm yeah, sure, as yeah. you know, you're Italian – and you obviously yeah. love food and wine, personal chemistry is everything. I mean, it's, it's my whole life. It's, it's how I cook. It, it literally comes from the brain to the hand into the, you know, saute pan. Yeah, sure. And many, many, many compliments to you and to your great job, which I appreciate <laughs> very much. Gracias. Gracias. And, uh, and also appreciate uh, the... Um, uh, the commitment you put in all you do, and uh, this is very like evident in your smile. I mean, I could see oh, your. Oh, thank you. You're very nice. Thank you. I so didn't miss you. Yes, that is. Uh, I mean, I felt the the feeling like looking at your smile, and I said, "Okay, I understand this woman now." <laughs> it's, it's I'm a jolly jolly chef. I'm very jolly. (laughs) I love what I do, but I love to eat a little too much, which is probably why I've been so happy lately, because I've been eating everything I see. (laughs) I agree. Great. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate your call. Thank you for calling, Ada. Um, A call back anytime, of course. And and have a great evening. Take care. My pleasure. Take care. Bye. Ciao. Grazie. Ciao. Bye. Bye now. So that was Ada. Okay, so I've got more for you here. Uh, I don't know how much. Is, is, do you mind taking another, a couple of email questions? Go for it. Okay, great, great, great. So I have, um, let's see, next one is from Randy for Wine from Adelaide, Australia, and it says, Super Showmate, uh, I work in the wine industry here in Australia, and my mates and I listen every week. My question for Michelle is, have you, have you traveled the world, and if so, what food excites you? Thanks, Stu. Cheers. I haven't traveled the whole world. I've traveled a lot of it. I've traveled, um, wow, Um, mainly through Asia, South America, and Europe. I haven't done, embarrassingly enough, I haven't done Australia, South Africa, New Zealand, which I'm planning on next for New York, for next year. What excites me is street food. Um, That is my favorite thing in the whole world. You know, I'll never forget... um, Four years ago, I, took, I was working in Malaysia, and I took my mom um, with me. And, you know, she's in her 70s. It wasn't an easy trip for her. 
but I wanted sure. her to experience, you know, Asia. We went to three countries, experience Asia like I was. And I was working really hard. I was working for a hotel group, and I used to get out of work at like 12 o'clock at night, and I would work all day, and sometimes I felt bad. But, you know, she got used to the, the, the time differences, and so I'd have her sleep and then wake up with me um, when I would get out of work. At 1 o'clock in the morning, I took this picture. I found ourselves sitting on milk crates, this refined woman from Argentina in her 70s, sitting on a milk crate, drinking hot goat's milk, eating fish head curry, fish heads, sucking on fish heads in curry, wow. and eating flatbreads that's been made in a um, garbage drum that's been hollowed out with a fire inside of it. <laughs> wow. Now that is exciting. I, I want to relive that, you know, one day in my life. And, you know, all the food stalls all over Asia and, you know, the tacos in Mexico. And I've had grilled beef literally on a street corner in Argentina off of Barriada. And um, right. there's nothing like it in the world. You know, it's just... I, I agree. When, <laughs> a thousand percent. I, thrilling. I've, I've had the luxury of, of traveling the world and some of the best food I've had was literally off the street, as you mentioned, uh, by vendors off the street, uh, literally, you know, blocks away from any type of restaurants in areas that are uh, a little bit more remote than, yeah. than usual. Um, okay, so the next question is from Gregor66 from Istanbul, Turkey. And it says, <laughs> Stu, I enjoy your show and wine recommendations. Michelle's restaurants sound great. When I go to Miami, I will check them out. Michelle, if you did not go into the food business, what would you do? Well, That's a good it's question. funny. I, by the way, I just came back from Istanbul three weeks ago, and oh, I want to okay. go back, and I'm a huge fan, and you guys have some of the, I can't say the word I want to say, but some of the best food I've had in a really long time and some of the nicest people I've ever met. So what would yeah. I be doing? Well, I quit dancing to be a chef. And my dream okay. was to be a therapist using dance as therapy. And Interesting. I think that's what I would have done um, if I hadn't found the love of my life. Well, two. One cooking and the other I found my husband when I was cooking. So. Sure, you kind of found both at the same time, no? I did, I did. I got lucky. That's that's a that's a, a, a double a double whammy there. I mean a good in a good way, obviously. In a good way. Um yeah. yeah. So, okay, so here's some other questions that I have for you. I'm going to go back to what I wanted to ask. Um, and, and a lot of times, you know, in setting up restaurant tours, you'll hear it all the time. Um, you know, they mentioned that there's some missteps that they had along the way, but they learned from it. So I'm going to ask, what missteps did you make along the way, if you don't mind answering that, and then how did you learn from them? I guess, um, first and foremost, back when I really was – kind of starting off my true chefing career, not cooking, but chefing career, um, I was a little stubborn. I just, I wanted to do what I wanted to do, and I didn't really want to hear it from anybody else of what I should be doing. Um, and I wasn't open to learn as much as I should have. That didn't last very long because I, you know, got kicked in the behind a few times. And um, I realized that I didn't know anything really quickly. And that, I opened restaurants, um, I opened a restaurant back when I had only cooked for like five years using some of my poor father's money that he set aside, and it was a disaster, and I didn't know what I was doing. But, you know, again, as a chef, you know, our head is filled with a bunch of garbage. <laughs> and I went for it, and, of course, I failed miserably. But thank God I took an endorsement deal about five years later, and I was able to pay my father back, which was the only thing 
I wanted to do. Um, what else have I done? I've done so many. You have no idea. <laughs> I mean, I've, I've, I, every time I do an event to this day, and I'm, I just turned 40, um, I do food I've never done before to challenge myself. And I've gotten into so many problems, but at the same time, it's so exciting because it's so challenging. And I make it turn out, obviously, but what I go through to get there, my husband to this day shakes his head. He says, I still don't understand why you do this. Why don't you do your sure things? And I said, because it's safe. And I hate safe. Sure. Excellent. So I could literally answer this question for two hours. (laughs) Ah. I've made way too many mistakes. Well, I, I, I appreciate the candor and the honesty. It's excellent. It's, it's rare, um, but it's, but it's uh, refreshing and, uh, and well accepted. Um, I have Kim from the chat room, and she has a question for you. It says, where do you think, Michelle, the future of cuisine is headed? And then she also adds, into more innovative ways of making it or towards a simpler and fresher preparation or a fusion of both. Am I allowed to choose all of the above? Yeah, sure. <laughs> I, I think sure that... I'm sure won't, won't be disappointed. Well, I think with molecular cuisine and with all the new ways that we're, you know, developing now of how to cook food and how to, how to serve food and how to infuse food with flavor, I think that's number one. So I think food is going to get a little more even intense and, and um, creative. At the same time, I think that as we are a nation of people just, you know, filling our minds with more cultures, thanks to the U.S. just being, you know, more filled with cultures than ever, I truly okay. believe that um, we're now finding more pure foods. In other words, we've never had a great Korean restaurant in South Florida up until two years ago. Finally, now all of a sudden they're popping around everywhere and we're finding, finally getting a taste of what true Korean is. The same goes with Mexican. I've never had a great Mexican taco unless I went all the way to Mexico. Finally, we're getting great taquerias here. I know we already had them in San Francisco. We have them in New York, but we're finally getting them here in South Florida. And I think that's happening to a lot of different cities around the country. And so, I, yeah, I'm choosing all of the above. <laughs> Excellent. No, no, that's, that's a great answer, though. That, that definitely makes sense. Um, Okay, so let me ask, let's see, where's some other questions here that I had. Um, are there, well, actually I was going to ask, are there any events or news about your restaurants you, you, know, you want to impart to my listeners and let them know about, things that are coming up? Events, well, we're in the middle of spice month, which means um, you can have three-course meals for, I think it's like $35. It's either $34, $35, I think it's $35. So three-course meals at any given Miami restaurant that's on um, Spice, I think it's called Spice, oh damn, I know you can go on the Convention Bureau of Miami and see lists of who is doing Spice, and uh, it's really amazing because you get a great taste of different restaurants that you might not normally get to try. I know I can't try right. some of you know the, the more expensive ones in town, um, and it's spi- during Spice Months so I can go and taste them, and we do them at both restaurants, and it's a lot of fun. Right. And then... So- um, yeah. Obviously, my restaurants, again, I've, I have All-You-Can-Eat Fried Chicken Wednesdays. We've got um, All-You-Can-Eat Barbecue Suckling Pig on Tuesdays at Senora Martinez. Oh, man. I know. Oh, man. Wait a minute. That we make in the Cajachina, which is the Chinese box made in Hialeah. And um, 
we're always doing all kinds of stuff. And with Allegra, the wine girl, the sommelier, we do all kinds of wine dinners that we put on the web all the time. Just visit our Facebook site. You know, we're, we're all over the web, Mishi's or ChefMichelleBernstein.com. You can always find out about the latest stuff. That was, and that leads me to another question I want to ask. I'm positive, as with many, many of my listeners, uh, and myself included, they would want to come to your restaurant and get a chance to meet you or say hi or say, hey, I listened in in the show and all that. Should they Just call ahead? Is there – what's that? Just ask for me. I'm usually in the kitchen. That's I'm never in the say. dining room. Yep. Okay, so Just I was going to say. So come out. If you don't find me, you'll find my husband. You'll find my husband who's better looking, and he's usually <laughs> in the dining room. <laughs> and I'm always either one or the other. Okay, so they should just ask for you or maybe ask ahead of time or just come in and say, hey, is Michelle around? Can we say hi and say hello and Absolutely. all that? Absolutely. Oh, that's wonderful. That's good. Okay. And just like and you the said, they can, ask, they can totally call in a, he- a day ahead if, you, if they want to, just like you had mentioned too. Sure, sure. So I, ha- I started a tradition actually a couple shows back, and I've always said this. If you listen to my shows in the past, I don't know how many, 40 or 50 that I've done, You'll notice I do not ask the same question twice of anyone I have on my show. It's completely different and unique and all that. Okay, having said that, there's the caveat. Now I have the the tradition that I started, and this question I ask of every guest I have on as of the past, oh, three, four guests. You have a dream wine. Okay, ready? You have a dream wine that, that you would like to taste or one that you've had once before and thought it was the best. What wine is it? I'm, 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 the vintage is escaping me. I, I know that it was in the early 70s, and it was an Amarone, and it was mm. the best thing I've ever put in my mouth in my life. And I want it again, but I can't remember the vintage to save my life. Not that I think I could even find it or it won't be corked when I do. But it was surprising to everyone that tasted because you know Italian wines with those type of vintages don't really last all that well. No. And it was, it was the most breathtaking, just stellar. You couldn't, couldn't drink it with food, that's for sure, because we would have destroyed it. But it was fabulous. Okay, so it was an Amarone. Uh, don't remember the vintage, um, but by itself, and you had this when? How far back? I had this five, five years ago. Wow. Um, and so, so now, do you, do you search for things like that? Do you go, oh, geez, you know, man, wow. No. You know, I'm always ready to try something new, and, you know, sometimes if we get together with friends over their houses, or if we're in restaurants, or if my husband and I are traveling and we love to go into little, tiny, kind of dirty-looking wine shops and stuff, we always have to try something new. We love it, you know, or unless we find something oldie but goodie. But, yeah, no, we're always searching for new stuff. Yeah, you know, and that's the thing. I, I coined the phrase here that you'll hear a million times on my show. And that is, you know, you can go your whole life and never taste the same two wines twice. And it's that journey between trying wines and, and, and enjoying them that one enjoys the most out of it. You know, you, that's the beauty of wine. You can just literally never taste the same two wines and enjoy that journey between point A and point B, the last wine you ever tried and the first wine you've ever tried. So, um, yeah, yeah, it's just something yeah. I live by. I, I, as you can tell, I have a passion for wine. I have a passion for two things, mainly, wine and talking. I think they both <laughs> serve me pretty well. What do you think? 
I think you're doing pretty good. Can I tell you what my first wine I ever tasted was? Please, absolutely. It's a little embarrassing. Mogan wait, 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 can I just guess? Wait, can I guess? Can I guess before you say it? Go ahead. Can I guess? Okay. Yeah. Mine was, and I'm thinking potentially because we're both Jewish of the Jewish faith, that it was Manischewitz. You already got it. I'm right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. <laughs> you have the same story as I have. In, in, and I in. thought it tasted like Concord grape juice, and I loved it. Yes. Yes. Wait. 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 I, I'll, I'll tell you. I'll tell you exactly. This. I'll put the setting for you. You're in synagogue. You're in temple. It's during services. Might be Friday night services. And in the back, they have a table with sponge cake and little, little, tiny, tiny, tiny plastic cups of wine of Manischewitz wine. And Can I tell you how mistaken you are? <laughs> I'm sorry. Can I just tell you how mistaken you are? I am? I'm off completely? You don't even know. We didn't even stay for the back of the temple, anything that had to do with eating. We got the heck out of there. We had great meals at my mother's house afterwards, and everybody would be invited. Okay, so see, I have to say, my caveat is that, hey, you know, I went to temple. Again, my parents were not, my mother, with no uh, knock to her whatsoever, was, was not the best cook, not the worst cook, not the best cook, okay, middle of the road, uh, um, but very happy. Mom, I know if you're listening out there, I'm a, no knock to you, I'm talking to a chef, but um, but yeah, no, uh, you know, th- that was, I mean, Manischewitz was definitely the first wine I ever tried, and I thought after about two or three of them, at, at about 12, I, I was like, why do I feel, why do I feel, well, well, I'll call now a buzz, but back then I didn't know what the hell it was. But that's I'll funny. never forget. Manish- I, I, I'll never forget. You know, at that age, giggling with my sister because we were allowed to drink it, and thinking after half a glass that we were drunk and falling down under the table. We weren't, but you know, it's just the excitement of it, it. that we were. Right, you imitate it. Oh, of course. Right. Well, I, I think I've got basically all the the uh, some of the email questions here. Um, I just wanted to make sure. So. Make sure everyone knows that they can go to www.chefmichellebernstein.com or www.checkpleasefl.com and find out all about Michelle, her show, her restaurants, uh, everything else that's going on in her life, I guess. Yeah? Almost. (laughs) Just about. Just about. Anything that she's willing – anything that's fit to print (laughs) and is out there, uh, you can find out about her. Uh, I urge you, everyone listening – uh, in the South Florida area, anyone that's coming to South Florida or Miami or South Beach or anywhere, you have to go to these restaurants. Mishi's and watch the show so you know where else to eat. But Mishi's and Senora Martinez. Senora Martinez, and then you can go, of course, to Michelle Bernstein's at the Amfoy as well. Um, Correct. When you're in South Florida, um, I, I really appreciate the time that you've given me. Uh, you've more than been gracious, and I know that you're working and you're there, and I'm sure uh, they must think you're crazy right now. But uh, I'm standing out in the parking lot schwitzing, watching people walk in, wondering why I'm there. But you know what? It has been so delightful to talk to you. It's been one of the nicest half an hours I've spent in a while. So thank you so much. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Listen, and uh, I'll, I'll make sure everyone gets there. And by the way, I am looking forward 
to my taping and being a guest on your show, a guest reviewer. Uh, in September, I'll be taping it, and then I, I, I kept, told everybody I'd keep them posted as to when the show actually airs. But uh, awesome. I, I'm, I'm very honored to be a guest on your show, so that will be, that'll be, that'll be a lot of fun. That'll be a blast. And, and Thank you very I much, might Michelle. Sneak a little, uh, sneak a little something into your glass that might remind you of when you were ten. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm looking forward. Oh, please, I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> All right, I'll talk. Thank to you, you so much, Michelle. It's it's been a pleasure. I'll, I'm going to have you back on the show definitely again. I have much more I want to talk to you about. Love and, you. Um, and and then and, and then anytime you want, please please uh you know please let me know. Okay, you got it. Have a great evening. You too. Bye bye. Take care. That was Michelle Bernstein. Uh, and now I'm going to go back into the other half of my show here, the few minutes that we have here. Um, I want to do some updates. Uh, coming up on the show, we're going to have the following guests. So next week is going to be Dave, excuse me, Dirk Hampson of Nickel and Nickel. Uh, then going into the First of September is going to be, uh, let's see, we're going to have on John Williams of Frog's Leap. September 8th, mark this on your calendar, Michael Salachi of Opus One Winery. That wine is probably one of the most fantastic wines uh, that you can ever experience if you get the chance. Um, in addition to that, let's go into September 15th, Tom McKay of St. Francis. September 22nd. Bill Nancaro of Duckhorn, and ending the month, September 29th, it will be Evo Germaz of Gurgich Hills. If you want to find out more about all the upcoming shows, I'm going to suggest that you go to my website, www.stewthewineguru.com, and you can find out all the updated shows. I have not updated it all the way through, but interestingly enough, everyone, I'm going to have guests all the way through February. So, uh, you know, there's a lot of cool people that are coming up, and I'm just going to mention some names and mention some wineries, uh, uh, although I'm not going to give you the dates, but I just want you to get an idea of who's going to be on the show. I'm going to have Camus Vineyards' Chuck Wagner. I'm going to have Cakebread Cellars' Bruce Cakebread. I'm going to have Saintsbury's Richard Ward. I'm going to have uh, Tudal's Wineries' Kirk Bengi. I'm going to have Tim Crawford Wines. For all you uh, Sauvignon Blanc lovers out there, Dara Woolley, the winemaker there. Um, from Dariush, I'm going to have Steve Debit. Uh, I'm also going to have from Markham, Kimberly Nichols. Uh, from Silverado, I'm going to have John Emmerich. And uh, Patson Hall's James Hall. So that's just to name a few. There's a lot of other legends of the wine industry that are in between now and February. Yes, I said February. I've been able to secure them for you and get them on the show. A couple people I am working on. I want everyone out there to cross their fingers uh, and make sure that the alignment of the stars and the moon are right because I am trying to get the one and only Francis Ford Coppola onto the show. That's one major, major, major accomplishment if I can do that. And I'm also working on trying to get Emeril Lagasse. So going back into the chef and restaurant end, which I'm looking to make a, uh, a dive into with my first chef of the show being Michelle Bernstein, and she was great. So that's, uh, those are some upcoming shows. 
Now I'm going to go into my Heard It Through the Grapevine industry update. Okay, so on my industry update today, first one is from, and the one and only actually one I'm going to have tonight, is from Wine Spectator. Uh, Unfiltered is the editor and contributor of this particular uh, article. It's dated August 12, 2010. I picked this one up because not only am I a fan of this departed rock superstar, guitar superstar I should say, but I'm also a musician and audiophile, so this article spoke to me, and it's called A Cabernet Tribute to Quiet Riot's Randy Rhodes. If wine makes your ears ring, then probably a, it, it's a bad sign, but sometimes a wine can be forgiven for making you feel the noise. From Sting to Madonna to the Rolling Stones to Mariah Carey, it seems that no musical artist can resist getting into the wine game even from beyond the grave, the latest opportunity for music lovers to com- commune with their favorite artists through a bottle of wine comes from California's Dargenzio Winery. Co-owner Catherine Rhodes Dargenzio is the sister of the late guitarist Randy Rhodes, lead guitarist for the metal band Quiet Riot, who died in a plane crash in 1982 while on tour with Ozzy Osbourne. In his memory, Dargenzio will soon release the Rhodes Special Edition 2005 Cabernet Sauvignon, priced at $53 a bottle. A portion of the proceeds will go to the Randy Rhodes Charitable Trust, which will fund college scholarships for aspiring musicians. Now, you can understand why that spoke to me. Um, A couple reasons. Major fan of Randy Rhodes when he was with Ozzy. Major, major fan. Uh, Quiet Riot was more of a kind of um, one-hit wonder or two-hit wonder, if you will, band. And I think everybody knew that of the 80s. However, uh, his star shined like no one else in the rock industry. Uh, and I, I think, you know, had he had the chance to, you know, you know, not be in a plane crash, unfortunately, there's no telling where he would have went and what he'd be doing right now. Um, I'm actually going to try that wine. I definitely am going to go out and and purchase that wine because, uh, for one, I think that the the proceeds going to uh, the charitable trust and college scholarships is an excellent thing for musicians. There's not enough of that out there. And uh, two, um, I got a feeling that the wine might not be so bad. So now I'm going to move on to wine festivals that are coming up. September, the month of September. So in Sonoma County, if you're going to be in Sonoma County, there's the Sonoma County Wine Country Weekend, September 3rd through 5th. Los Angeles, if you're out in La La Land, go to the Los Angeles Times Celebration 
of Food and Wine on September 5th. If you're back up in New York, in the Hudson Valley, you have the Hudson Valley Wine and Food Festival, September 11th through the 12th. Uh, the Pacific Wine and Food Festival will be September 17th through 19th. Uh, if you're out in Santa Fe, New Mexico, you can go to the Santa Fe Wine and Chili Fest, September 22nd through 26th. In addition, uh, in September, you've got the Fort Lauderdale Signature Chefs and Wine Extravaganza, September 30th. And in Newport, the Newport Wine and Food Festival, September 26th through 28th. Moving over into October, you've got the New York Wine, the New York City Wine and Food Festival, October 7th through 10th. Then you can go back here in Florida for the Lake Worth Food and Wine Experience, October 15th. Martha's Vineyard, Martha's Vineyard, Food and Wine Festival, October 15th through 16th, 2010. Okay, my northeastern accent for Boston wasn't that great. Wisconsin, go to the Wisconsin Kohler Wine and Food Festival on October 21st through 24th. And finally, the month of November, Orlando Food and Wine Festival, November 13th through 14th. Go out to Oregon. Go to the Oregon Wine and Food Festival, November 13th. San Diego Bay, love San Diego. You've got the San Diego Bay Wine and Food Festival, November 17th through 21st. Grand Rapids, Michigan, the Grand Rapids Wine and Food Festival, November 18th through 20th. Well, that is the show for tonight. I want to thank Chef Michelle Bernstein for her time tonight. I want to thank the listeners who called in, who emailed in, who participated in the chat room. And I want to thank, of course, Michelle Bernstein for coming on graciously and spending some time with us. As always, if you have any questions about the show, you can email them to info at stewthewineguru.com. You can go to my website as well at www.stewthewineguru.com and click on the link for all my wine articles, videos, and listen to archived wine talk shows. You can also just go www.google.com and search under Stew the Wine Guru. As always, I say, if it's time to pour the wine, it's time for Stew the Wine Guru. Drink up, good wine, and good night. Now on Blog Talk Radio, you're listening to Wine Talk with Stu the Wine Guru.